0: To hold these two
1: to
0: be self-evident one, A date which will live in infamy
1: Ask not what your country can do for you That's one small step for man Because no people have got to know whether or not their president's a crook And you were Tear work. down this wall ah! Read my lip I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yeah, you did can hear you, the rest of the world hears you, and the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon.
0: The education government schools failed to give you. This is WTN University. Masters in Divinities Course, The Life of Muhammad, the Sirah. I'm Michael Del Giorno, and we're going to give you the education your government, well, they give you the opposite an indoctrination a historical, incomplete, and inaccurate education. We feel like everything you need to know to understand ISIS, Al-Qaeda, Boko Haram, the Houthis, Hezbollah, Islamic jihad Al-Qaeda, Iran, Saudi Arabia, Syria... I could go on and on. I think you get the picture. Everything you need to know to understand Islam can be found in the life of Muhammad, his example, his teachings, and his commands. So we started with our Master's in Divinities course, Life of Muhammad, with Dr. Bill Warner from politicalislam.com and author of the book Sharia Law for Non-Muslims. And I trust, well-rested, though I doubt, after Christmas and New Year's. It's good to be back in class.
1: Good to be back. And let me say something about Sharia Law for Non-Muslims. Over the Christmas holiday, I discovered by accident that on Amazon.com, it is the number one best-selling book in the nation on on Islamic law. If
0: you say so yourself— I do say so.
1: It's Amazon. (laughs) Jeff Bezos called me up to say, Bill, good deal.
0: You know, it's amazing to watch um, Merkel in Germany or Uh, the mayor of Cologne. Uh, These are – first of all, we don't know the difference between a migrant and a refugee seeking asylum for their life. Uh, They all arrive from their boats and trains chanting they were going to seize the wombs of the women – And so this is why we do this course, Life of Muhammad. If you don't understand the theology and the doctrine behind this, if you don't see how they're not there to assimilate, that whether it is a literal, and for for some ISIS troop movements, it is a troop deployment, but it is a cultural overthrow. And to have what happened New Year's Eve in Germany and then have a mayor say, well, women just need to be more careful— to have Obama peddling these gun laws that wouldn't have done anything to change the the cases that he's citing, when this is where we could actually protect and save American lives. But um, it begs before we even review where we're at in our course, the life of Muhammad, and then continue uh, to have you comment on the big story, the horrific attacks of New Year's Eve, uh, you know, in in Germany, and how this is pure Islamic doctrine. It is not pure. a shock at
1: all. It's part of the uh, laws of jihad as laid out by Muhammad in both word action and found in the Quran. Rape is part of jihad. Rape is a method of jihad. And so the uh, as we say, they're not making this up. And they they know that this is a first of all, they have a right they have to the right. rape
0: an infidel woman. This is they totally just walk correct. in. Just like, you know, if, if you walked in, you know, one of the nice things about going like on a Disney cruise, you don't need your wallet once you're on the cruise. And you can walk at any in any one of the food places and just help yourself and start eating. You have a right to that food. It's right. prepaid, and you have your wristband, and yada, yada. So they don't view it as a crime. In well, fact, they, they view them as guilty criminals, and they're there to
1: punish. So we have – there are many hadith. Uh, hadith is a tradition of Muhammad in which they have captives. And they ask about how, have, about how to have sex with them. In one particular instance, Muhammad found that the women were not being raped. And they, the so, jihadists said, well, their husbands are right over there. Well, Muhammad said, that doesn't matter. And Allah gives a verse, 424. Truly, Allah is forgiving and merciful. Also forbidden to you are married women unless they are your slaves. And so how does one get a slave? One takes full control. So this jihad can not only be carried on in groups as with armies, but also... Uh, as individuals. So crime can be a part of... It's the a problem.
0: numbers game too, right? So they're there. By the way, they 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 all got off their trains, planes and automobiles, buses, chanting. I mean, here were the people in Germany and these videos are, are um, horrific in ignorance. They're cheering these refugees and migrants as they get off the bus as they are wreaking havoc, raping children, raping women, chanting they're going to seize wombs. They know it's a numbers game, and they know if they can marry a woman, that their, their womb becomes theirs. They, their, their womb becomes Muslim. Their offspring is then Muslim. So whether they rape you or marry
1: you, they're there to seize wombs. Why? Because ultimately they're there to seize population. This is exactly true. And, of course, to me, there's two great tragedies here. One is the doctrine of rape, jihad, and the other is whatever happened to feminism. Whatever happened to rights for women? Uh, And by the way, the Swedes have discovered that uh, the rape has gotten so bad now in Sweden, they're also having men being raped. So maybe it's not a matter of just feminism at all. Well,
0: what's not shocking is what happened New Year's Eve and how women were assaulted. What's shocking is hearing a mayor say, well, these women need to be more careful. In other words, they're going to assimilate to Sharia and not demand that Muslims assimilate to their you know, jurisprudence and, and, and their law and their way of life. And I don't know that America is any wiser.
1: I don't either. This is, of course, a constant source of frustration to me is to constantly deal with public officials who don't know, don't care, and don't bother. And all they do is they have the multicultural thing of, well, you know, all civilizations are equally valid.
0: And well, we had I the rejected.
1: Crusades. Don't forget the Crusades. Don't forget the Crusades. <laughs> so, no, there is a doctrine of rape. Uh, things are, and by the way, people in my circle, that is scholars of the doctrine of jihad, have already predicted that this would happen. Why we have 1,400 years of history? We have the doctrine laid out. It's like you want to just beat your head against the wall when you, people go, can't you read? Can't you hear? And the answer is no, they don't have an ear to hear.
0: Bill Warner has written books that are legitimately bestsellers. Um, his Taste of Islam series, which you're going to love, and I always crudely put it this way. I was a big fan when I was a kid because I was Really busy being a professional baseball player, basketball player, and football player. So I thought when I was 10, <laughs> 11, and 12. Uh, so, you know, school was a, a secondary thought. And I loved Cliff's Notes because it didn't matter what book they assigned, whether it was Lord of the Flies or Macbeth, I could go buy the Cliff's Notes. And I'm telling you, you could get A's and B's with Cliff's Notes. Uh, one of the things that Bill often jokes about is he takes really big books and makes small books out of them and easy to understand. And so I. You know, as much as I always talk about um, uh, Sharia law for non-Muslims, which is a must-read, really the taste of Islam is what people need to be doing in Bible study or in Sunday school groups. Um, This really kind of tackles everything you need to know about their faith that you're forbidden to talk about. So we started with the life of Muhammad because we feel very firmly that you can understand everything you need to know about Islam. You know, whether it's a surah, whether it's a hadith, whether it's, you know, whatever, by understanding this accurate historic life. He was the perfect Muslim. He is the prophet. He did bring forth the revelation. And so we started with the life of Muhammad, the surah. And you can use as the text the Taste of Islam series, and there's four. We started slavery, I don't know what it was, five years ago never We'll finished. get around to that. We'll get around to that someday. Maul, do a mom and pa Kettle. But you can go online to politicalislam.com and get a ridiculously cheap copy of this. It will serve as your text. Or, of course, you can listen. And then when you – did we ever get it up online, by the way, our our course? No. We still need to do that. All right. So let's uh, give them a quick review of what we did before the new year, and then let's pick right up where we left off in the life of Muhammad.
1: Well, we need to review uh, because students haven't been in class for some time. We've had a long semester break. But we start out with the birth of Muhammad. And uh, went through his early life. He was a businessman. He was married to Khadijah And he was a very religious man. And one time on a religious retreat, he has a vision. And this vision is the beginning of the Quran. Uh He first only taught the Koran to his family and close friends because he felt like, you know, I might be crazy here. Mm-hmm. And so we also have to – we introduced in the first part of the class the idea that there are three views of Islam. We need to understand this. There's the view of the believer, the Muslim. There's the view of the kafir, the outsider. And then there's the view of the apologist. And I'm from the school of the kafir. That is, say everything that happens to the unbeliever and why it happens. And
0: a kafir is not somebody who merely disagrees with Islam or rejects Muhammad as a prophet.
1: Well, they, they have to do that.
0: Well, no, but I mean they're, they're considered evil, disgusting, the lowest form of life. You're there to be raped. You're there to be beheaded. You're there to be overtaken. You're there to be killed. You're hated. There's right. people of the book and then there's the Kafir. And,
1: right. And uh, so we, Michael and I, are Kafirs. So anyway – And uh, by you, the way, uh,
0: all their beliefs don't come from the Quran, as we're used to the Bible. Right.
1: And that's the reason the study of the Sirah is so important. The Sirah means biography, just in Arabic. See, you learned another Arabic word here. It's the life this of Muhammad. Muhammad. It's the life of Muhammad. And the Quran has 91 verses that say that every Muslim is to imitate Muhammad in every way, shape, form, and fashion. He's the perfect father, the perfect husband, the perfect warrior. He's the perfect everything. And so how do we know about him? Well, we have a book called the Sirah, and that's what we're going through here. And by the way, this is a great movie if it would ever be made. <laughs> so he uh, he starts proclaiming to the world around him that he is now the prophet of Allah – And, of course, as soon as this becomes public, the people start pushing back. Now, the reason they started pushing back was originally when he came forth with the Quran, it was just another religion.
0: In a a place where there were tons of gods, tons of religions.
1: There's actually 360 religions, oddly enough, we're told. So he came with 361. And polytheists are like, you got another god, another religion? I'll put him over here. We'll move one aside and you can put him right in line. But then his religion started teaching that not only was he right – but everyone else was wrong, and everyone else was going to hell, and everyone else could be punished. That became offensive. That became offensive. By the way, that's
0: kind of America today, right? I mean, we're supposed to be one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all, and liberty and justice that comes from that God. But the truth of the matter is we've rejected God. We've gone into a more of a uh, moral relativistic state. Whatever you believe, hey, then that's what you believe. Or really uh, a pluralist view that all gods ultimately did to the same place. And so we're kind of that way. In fact, the only thing that's frowned upon in America is if you, you know, if you ever bring up portions of your scripture that shows your God is jealous or shows your God is holy, shows your God is just, that something can be absolutely right, something can absolutely be wrong. Oh, then you're offensive and you're rejected. It's not that different.
1: Well, this is true. Anyway, you and I— Got a lot didn't... of help from his uncle, too. <laughs> he did because his uncle took care of him because his uncle was a tribal chieftain. And as a tribal chieftain, he could put the protection of the tribe over Muhammad, so that if you hurt Muhammad, you hurt the tribe, and it means war. Anyway, the Meccans began to argue and push back. They asked him some serious questions. They said, you know, how come this Quran of yours comes out little bit by little bit? Doesn't your God know enough to just give it to us all at once? And uh, if your God is real, how come you don't do miracles? You know, we, you're, you're not doing anything, and yet you say you represent God. So... Now we're about up to where we were, and I think we can pick up the story because what's going to happen is one of the most important Muslims who ever lived is going to convert to Islam. His name is Umar. He was a big, strong man. He, his sister became a Muslim, and he hated it. But when he came to her house, he was going to slap her around and take away his Quran. But here's the thing. The early Quran is beautiful poetry. And when he heard the poetry of the Quran, he says, you know, that sounds pretty good to me, actually. So he became seduced by the Quran, and he became a powerful member. Until
0: it becomes poetry in motion, motion that is still at work in the world today. We'll meet Umar as we explore the life of Muhammad. It's our WTN University Masters in Divinity course, The Life of Muhammad. More with Dr. Bill Warner when we come back. It's eleven twenty. Miss Freeman. Perhaps you'd like to share with the entire class what you and Mr. Giorno find so funny? Ah, Miss Petrie. to WTN University on talk 99.7 WTN. You know, Doc, I had a teacher that sounded just like that. Miss Petrie was our English teacher. Things we did to that poor lady. 1124 WTN University Masters in Divinities. The life of Muhammad with our professor and headmaster, Dr. Bill Warner from PoliticalIslam.com. It was all just another one of... 361 religions, till suddenly it began to turn. It was all beautiful poetry, till it began to go in motion. Enter Umar, Umar rather, and the struggles in the life of Mohammed. Take it away, Professor.
1: Well, Umar, who once he converted, uh, was able to act as a physical protector to the new Muslims, It turns out to be, going fast forward, one of the most important Muslims who ever lived because it was under him, once Muhammad died, that Islam expanded in a massive way. He was an incredible general. So some of the Meccans approach Muhammad and says, why don't we cut a deal? Let us worship what you worship. Then you will worship what we worship. And if what you do is better, we'll do that. And if what we do is better, you can do it. So let's just try each other's worship service. This this is is not going to fly. Well went down the runway because what happened was is that there came a satanic verse. There was a verse which was revealed that the gods of the Quraysh tribe could act as intermediaries or intercessionists with Allah. And so everybody was like, hey, this is kind of neat. So they had a combined worship service and everybody was happy. But some of the other Muslims came to Muhammad and said, uh, wait a minute, there's only one God and he has no partners. What is this intercessionaries, these interventionists that we have here? And so Muhammad said, oops, and we have the satanic verse was born. Because what happened was, is that Allah revealed another verse, which is, you know, every real prophet, the devil tempts him. And you were tempted by the devil, which is just proof you're a prophet. So therefore, the satanic verse was abrogated. So there was no more peace in Mecca. When
0: you were researching and writing all this, did it ever – because one of the things that you frustratingly deal with is what I deal with in these interfaith movements – where or, or you get a liberal rabbi, you get a moronic priest, and you get a Muslim imam together, and they all do kumbaya. And there's just no way that they're going to make the same mistakes they made.
1: They've already made this mistake once, compromise, they'll never do it again. I can't
0: imagine that they're no, no, an equal no. player in this again.
1: And, and by the way, the, uh, the thing that you... I have a certain admiration for Islam, particularly the Muslim Brotherhood. I mean, I despise them, but you admire them because they're so mm. good. When you have the rabbi the minister, and the imam in the same room. There's only one of them who knows what the others are talking about. The imam has studied the New Testament and has studied the Old Testament. Of course, the rabbi and the minister, they haven't studied anything. They're just full of the big grin and can't we all get along? Uh, The answer to Rodney King's question, by the way, is no. No, we we don't. uh, History proves we don't all get along. (laughs) So anyway, so then we have some little stories. Uh, There was al-Dusi who was – these are stories of early Muslims – And he was a uh, poet, and he became a Muslim. And when he came home, he told his wife, leave me. I want nothing to do with you. And she says, why? Islam has divided us, and now I follow Muhammad. She says, then your religion must be my religion. So in other words, upon becoming a Muslim, his wife was now a kafir and was rejected. So she became a Muslim so they could stay married. We also get told a little story that Muhammad liked to stay. There was a Christian slave in Mecca, and he hung out with his Christian slave a lot. And this Christian slave winds up being referred to in the Quran because the Meccans said, See, you're getting all this stuff from that Christian slave. And the Quran answers and says, No, 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 no. This is a revelation from Allah. One of the things that... This guy you, had
0: a booth, right? In the...
1: Yeah, yeah, had a trade. He was, I don't know exactly, as a slave, he was running a business, probably for his master. Uh, but... We have all these little stories that come along, which I think add color and flavor to the whole story. Mm -hmm. So now we come to the night journey. There's only one verse in the Quran, and it just says – refers to it as the night journey. And this is where Muhammad is taken up to the seventh heaven by the archangel Gabriel. Gabriel wakes him up and puts him on the back of a beast called Baraka, which, yes, does similar to a name we've heard before. Yeah. And this uh, magical mule has wings on its feet and with every stride it touches the horizon. So he moves very fast. They go to Jerusalem where he... Now, get this. Muhammad leads all the other prophets in prayer, including Abraham,
0: Jesus, Moses.
1: Moses. So he's the chief imam here. There's heavy symbolism going on. Mm -hmm. So they go up to heaven, and he goes through the seven heavens. He sees Adam, who's sorting out souls, the good ones and the bad ones. And he gets to see Malik, who's the archangel of hell. And he gets to see Abraham. And by the way, Muhammad tells us that out of all the prophets, I most resemble Abraham. (laughs) So he gets to the next to the top, which I think it's the sixth heaven, and there's Moses, and they, so they chat a while, and then he goes up again to see God, and God commands him, 50 prayers is what a Muslim shall do. He comes back down, and, and Moses says to him, says, says, uh, So how many prayers did God give you? 50. Oh, you can't do 50. Go back and cut a better deal. So they go back and forth until Muhammad finally gets Allah down to five prayers a day, and when he comes down, Moses said, Five? That's still too many. Go back and try to get Three. But Muhammad was embarrassed to be haggling so much with Allah, so that's the end of the night journey. So Mar- that's the reason. Mar- By the was way, five I think, prob- and I,
0: and I'm, I'll do this in the form of a statement, sure. but I really mean it as a question. I guess uh, this is the moment where uh, Muhammad was just as he played well with others, and then eventually not well with others. This is the moment where I think he takes through his night journey, dream, mental illness, whatever. Uh, where he puts himself above Christ is right here in this night and above journey. Moses, Man and
1: above, and that is what Islam says. He is the final and greatest prophet. He supersedes all the prophets, and Jesus is just a prophet of Islam.
0: Take it from right there when we come back. WTN University Masters in Divinities: The Life of Muhammad, the Sirah, with Dr. Bill Warner continues in a moment. Fifty-five on our way to a high of fifty-seven. It's eleven thirty, and it's news time. Del Giorno, I know you know this material better than the professor, but at least look interested. You're listening to WTN University on Super Talk 99.7 WTN. No, not better, but I learned it from them. And now I pass it on to you. This is WTN University Masters in Divinities, The Life of Muhammad with Professor and Dr. Bill Warner, our headmaster. We're serving, uh, using as our text, The Life of Muhammad the Sirah, which is one of Bill Warner's Taste of Islam series. All of his books, all of his doctrinal series are available at politicalislam.com. We have met uh, Umar and we have uh,
1: fallen asleep
0: journey. into the night journey where... Uh, Muhammad uh, takes his tour of heaven and negotiates his prayers with God and takes his throne above Abraham, Moses, and Jesus. And that's where we pick up.
1: I want to relate a little story, which for some reason has stuck in my mind. Uh, Mohammed is standing around near the Kaaba with Gabriel, the archangel. And, uh, when one of the Quraish tribe who was, uh, opposing Muhammad passed by Gabriel, Gabriel threw a leaf in his face and blinded him. And Gabriel caused the second leader to get dropsy and the third man to develop an infection which killed him. And the fourth man was later caused to step on a thorn which killed him. So Gabriel killed these people because they rejected Muhammad. Now here we see the first beginning of true violence in terms of Islam and the doctrine of Islam.
0: You know, before we get out of Talib and Umar and some of these others, uh, and these are all names that I know a lot of you are seeing, uh, in in culture today, uh, there's a great defensive back for the Denver Broncos named Talib. Um, but, you know, you're going to see that these names come right out of the life of Muhammad in Muhammad's times uh, and have significance. But I, I think it's interesting before we move on, you would agree probably there's no quicker, better study anyone can do. If you want to understand the difference between Muslims and Christians, studying the life of Jesus and comparing it to Muhammad is the most profound thing you can do.
1: Absolutely. As a matter of fact, when someone tells me, well, Islam is hard to understand, I tried reading the Quran. I stopped him right there and says, don't read the Quran until you've read Muhammad. And by the way, no one, no scholar has ever lived who can understand the Quran without knowing the life of Muhammad. It is absolutely critical. So why not start with the biography of a man? I mean these stories as we're telling are, are interesting.
0: But there's often debate. Does Islam have the same God? Well, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam are all monotheistic, I'll grant you that, uh, but the characteristics, the character of the God is different. Therefore, one has to be legitimate and one has to be counterfeit, or they certainly can't claim to be the same. You're going to find that the Allah described by Muhammad and by Muslims is far different than than the Abba Father described by the Old and the New Testament. And there's no consistency with Christ's life as portrayed and proclaimed by Christ and those who witnessed it, and where Muhammad demotes him to. And so this notion that, oh, we believe in Jesus too— You know, just Muhammad came after. Well, Jesus said it was finished, and nobody was coming after but false prophets. And he claimed to be one with the Father, and he claimed to be God. That's something Islam doesn't acknowledge. And at the point you change the characters, uh, it's not the same religion. But go ahead. I'm chiming in, and I'm just uh, the student. I should chime chime
1: right away. Uh, We're going to now—his protector and uncle who had adopted him, Abu Talib, is going to die. And so this was very important because what it meant was is that he no longer had protection in Mecca. He was now a man alone instead of a man, a member of a protection in the tribe. So – but he went to his uh, uncle's deathbed and asked him to convert to Islam.
0: Can I clarify something? Yeah. He didn't have political protection. He still had physical protection. This may be why things start getting a little more violent.
1: Well, he, he now is going to have to leave Mecca. Yeah. This, this, this is where we're pointed to because he no longer had the tribal protection. So he's, his uncle dies a uh, kafir and this man who had taken Muhammad in, gave him a trade, take care of him all of his life. Muhammad's last words cursed him as, as a being for hell. So don't think that you can do enough. To mollify Islam, even if you adopt Muhammad and take care of him, you're still just another character.
0: Raise him, protect him, give him credibility, give him cover, give him legitimacy. Yeah. I mean literally, you, you, like you said, you you couldn't have done more. You could
1: not – and this is a lesson – With adult, friends like
0: that, right? right? Who needs enemies? Who
1: needs enemies? So anyway, so now the persecution becomes a little worse. But now if bigger things are getting ready to happen in his life. This is like a movie. His wife dies, who is his chief – Protector in the sense of his heart and his emotions, so he marries a uh, a widow three months later. by the way, was he um, just one wife at this point right and one wife so in his early see there are two Muhammads there's the early Muhammad and the later Muhammad. Now the later Muhammad is beginning to develop because he marries a widow that good idea I would say, but now then he contracts a marriage with his chief follower, Abu Bakr, and Abu Bakr is a name which we're hearing today in the news, the caliph of Islamic State's name is Abu Bakr Mm -hmm. as well. So he marries, he is engaged to Abu Bakr's daughter at age six. Now, the marriage isn't consummated yet, but this is happening. So he tries to strike up political allies in another town nearby called Talif, but that doesn't work. So he then, there's a fair. There are fairs that, Mecca is a pilgrimage center, and there are these trade fairs, and and people come for worship and to do business, to marry, to get... Do whatever. You're out alone, and now then you're in town.
0: It's like a Vegas convention. It's
1: like a Vegas convention. <laughs> <laughs> I not thought about it like that, but asked.
0: Yes. That's why I'm here.
1: So, uh, so there were men who came from Medina, which was north of Mecca, and they converted to Islam. And this is his trapdoor that he's going to escape from the persecution of Mecca. And by the way, the worst that ever happened in Mecca, they say, oh, he was so persecuted, the dust was thrown in his face, some animal guts were dumped on his back, and there was a fist fight. So these are the, this is the violence that happened in Mecca. So, but he's getting ready to leave. He, take, he makes oaths of allegiance to the men in Mecca, and he's preparing to go to Medina, where everything changes. All of Islam is divided into Mecca and Medina, and he's now getting ready to go to Medina.
0: If I were to ask you the top five things, the most significant things people shouldn't miss about the Mecca era— I don't know that you would stop at five, but if I made you, what would you?
1: In Mecca, what we have is a new religion, but it does not yet have jihad. Yeah, still one of many. Still one of many. It claimed to be the – it was still the unique only religion. But there was no violence in it yet except for fistfights. No one's killed yet. So in Mecca, the message of the Quran is again and again and again. If you do not follow your prophets, then you will be destroyed. The, re, the Old Testament is recreated in Mecca to show the story like Moses' purpose is not to free the Jews. Maha, his purpose in the story of Moses, as is in the Quran, is to have the Pharaoh admit, okay, Moses, you're the prophet of Allah. And because he wouldn't admit that Moses was the prophet of Allah, that was the reason for the destruction of the Pharaonic temple. It was wrath. It was wrath. wrath so every story, the story of Noah is worked to see they didn't believe their prophet. So the whole Torah becomes an advertisement for Muhammad. The man was exceedingly clever.
0: So you have a a very successful – well, first of all, an orphan raised, Mm -hmm. very successful, um, gets a vision, starts a religion. that slowly becomes uh, less inclusive of others, um, really ultimately condemns to death the only man who ever gave him earthly care and coverage, if Mm -hmm. you will – to be everything he was, and then I think probably on that, in that top five would have to be the, the sleep journey, right?
1: Right. Uh, by the way—
0: Because the night, the, journey's the what night really journey really kind of puts him—sets you know, uh, here, there's, sets there's, the stage that he's above Christ, oh, Moses, and sets,
1: others. It sets the stage for the politics in Israel today. The claim of the Alaska Mosque and the uh, Dome of the Rock all rest on the night journey, this dream that he had. All, all of it rests on that. Since he supposedly went to Jerusalem in this night dream, that gives Islam the claim on Jerusalem.
0: Everything you need to know about what's happening in the world today and has been happening for 1,400 years, but in particular in the world today, you will understand better. And you can only really begin to understand the Quran until you understand the life of Muhammad. It's our WTN University, The Life of Muhammad, Masters in Divinity series. And yes, there are two types of Muhammad and two types of Muslims. And we are going to make the journey from Mecca to Medina. And this poetry goes into motion in a much more violent way. And still is today when we continue on WTM.
1: Miss Freeman, why can't you be like Mr. Del Giorno? And for goodness sakes... It like a lady, <laughs> <laughs>
0: you're listening to WTN University on Super Talk 99.7 WTN. I do miss having her to abuse. All right, final minute and a half at WTN University. Our Masters in Divinity course, The Life of Muhammad, the Sira, with our headmaster and professor, Dr. Bill Warner. By the way, the text for our teachings is The Life of Muhammad, the Sirah, A Taste of Islam series available, like his book. Sharia law for non-Muslims at politicalislam.com. You know, I often explain to people, we had three types of Muslims in the world today. We have those that are peace-loving and religious only. We have those that are political and seek, you know, to overthrow our civilization, way of life, and constitution. And those that seek to take our life for already being guilty of being evil, filthy, kafirs. And the reason you have those three types of Muslims is you had those three types of Muhammad. And that's why studying the life of Muhammad – is so important, and I think it's um, it's taken us a journey of three classes to get through Mecca, uh, from birth to the widower status to his first two marriages. I didn't know, by the way, that Aisha was technically third.
1: Yes, and he—I thought uh, did, she came uh, much later. No, she's engaged at age six, and she's nine years old when they moved to Medina, and he's going to marry her in. Medina. But
0: this course in human history takes a wicked, evil, dark, violent turn as we go from Mohammed's Mecca years to Medina, next class, next Friday. It's going to get violent. It's going to get violent. It's a great movie, but it's rated M for Mature. Uh, Again, if you're interested in this entire Taste of Islam series, they're the only religion that still believes in slavery. That's one of them. This Life of Mohammed that we're doing is a course with you. They're all available at politicalislam.com. And for goodness sakes, if you haven't, Uh, Read the book, Sharia Law for Non-Muslims. I encourage you to pick up a copy there as well. Dr. Bill Warner, thanks for our class.